Welcome to Get Your Barbecue On with Ken Alexander. Get Your Barbecue On is a show for backyard cooks looking for tips and insight into barbecuing, grilling, entertaining, and enjoying themselves outside with delicious food. Each week, we'll share some barbecuing and grilling tips, techniques, recipes, and a few pitmaster secrets you just have to know. Every show will feature fun, interesting, and informative guests, and will also answer listener questions. Please send your questions to getyourbbqon at gmail.com or visit our website at kenshardwoodbbq.com and click podcast. Welcome to Get Your Barbecue On with Ken Alexander, the podcast. I'm here today. Well, guess who's back? Dun, 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 dun. The doctor. Dun, dun, dun. Dr. Andre Jones. Hello, hello, yeah, listeners. Back in the studio today. That's right. Back in the saddle again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's back here, the guest host of Get Your Barbecue On. Yeah. Glad to have you back. Thank you, man. I missed well, you. How's yeah, how yeah. things going? I missed you, and I'm sure the listeners missed you, too. Oh, oh. Yeah, it's great to be missed. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, although Soul Man G did a great job. And, yeah. You know, he's pretty funny and everything. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's all right. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, it's good to have the doctor back. Absolutely. Thank you. It's good to be back. All right. All right. Hope I didn't miss too much. No, no, no. I don't I don't think you missed a lot. You Well, you missed Soul Man G's appearance on wheel of fortune what yeah you missed and you missed the big party what yeah you missed the big watch party but uh wow but yeah okay i missed a lot then (laughs) yeah actually you did miss a lot (laughs) oh who would have (laughs) known yeah 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 so uh well i mean you're back just in time we got a great show today absolutely who do we have what we got going on we have the beer Ooh, De Beer. Oh, I love this De guy. Beer. Yeah, he'll he'll tell us how to pronounce his first name when he comes on the show. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 It's a tongue twister. For it real. is a tongue twister. <laughs> but we have De Beer. He is a he has a very interesting past. You know oh. how he came to this country, and yeah, he's a loan originator. Oh, cool. Right here in Tucson, Arizona. Okay, it's going to be a real nice conversation. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. So. Uh, Hang in after the break uh, when we bring you the good news. Absolutely. Our conversation with the beer. Cool. But today, yes, we are going to talk about shish kebabs. Ooh. Mm. You know I love shish kebabs. I know. You've tried your hand at shish kebabs Abs- a few times. Yes. Right? Yeah. And it right. came out amazing. All right. So I am ready to learn more about the shish kebabs. Well, we're going to. Talk about them today. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) My notebook is ready. Your notebook's ready? Yes, absolutely. All right. All right. right, Well, the shish kebab, and I spent a lot of time in the Middle East. Right. And, uh, yeah, you know, that's where they come from, that area. Really? Yeah, shish kebabs, the Middle East, Turkey, those, you know, those places. And, uh, you know, the shish part kind of refers to the skewer. Oh, and and the kebab uh-huh. basically is roasted meat. Is roasting really? Yeah, yeah, oh. yeah. So it's like roasted meat on a skewer. It kind of roughly translates to shish kebab. Yeah. Oh, right, kind of yeah. roughly translates to 
roasted meat on a skewer. Right. So let's just call it shish kebab. Yeah, let's just call it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's kind of long. That's yes. kind of long description. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, hey, I'm cooking some roasted meat <laughs> on a skewer today and whatever. So. You wanted some? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah no. That no, doesn't no. sound appeasing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm cooking shish kebab. Oh, oh, yeah. Please. I'll have two. Yeah. Totally different conversation. There. Totally different conversation. <laughs> right, right. So, like I said, it's basically roasting meat, but people always add, or most cooks will add, vegetables right. or sometimes fruit. Right, right, right. I We had peppers on ours. We had red pepper and green pepper and onion. That's oh, how right. we did ours, yeah. yeah. And you find a lot of them, a lot of shish kebabs will have peppers mm-hmm. and onion. Right. But depending on what type of meat you're using or then sometimes uh, they'll have some fruit on them. Really? Right, right. You see pineapple on a lot of Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. And then there's different other other types of fruit that you could put on a shish kebab. Oh, interesting. Okay. Right. And then there's basically any kind of meat. So you got meat, poultry, fish, seafood, all those different types of things that can go on a shish kebab. Nice. Okay. Right. So, because there's uh, that roast part of the skew, yeah, the, right? Yeah, it's the roast part. You right. put it on. You're gonna. We're gonna grill. So this is gonna be grilling. This is gonna be medium. We're gonna have medium high heat. Okay. And it's and it's fast. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. It's not gonna be on there long. No. And so, where do you get the ingredients for a shish kebab? Right. Well, basically, you're gonna get them from the perimeter in the grocery store. Right, I was about yeah. to say, mostly right. in the grocery store, yeah, right? you got, you know, in, the, in that little outer perimeter where you have the meats, the vegetables, mm-hmm. and that. So that's where you're gonna get it. You're gonna get some raw vegetables and mm-hmm. you're gonna go and pick up some meat. And so what, the, typically you want your meat to be in chunks. Right. right, I was about to say, you didn't, you don't want it just like a, a whole chicken. Right, right. Just, put a, just stab a whole chicken and just like, you know, stick it through a whole chicken exactly. breast and just slap there it you on go. the girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The so, stick is going to break. The right, stick will the break. stick is going to break, right. And so, I mean, that's the, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about the meat, but first let's yeah. talk about the skewer. Yeah. You have the bamboo. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to be using bamboo skewers, which I really don't, recommend but really you have to use them right right you need to soak them first oh soak them for about an hour or so so they mm. so they just won't burn up when you throw them on the grill right so you want them to be that yeah, makes sense so you want yeah you want them to be saturated when right. you stick them and, and put them on the grill to roast it that's because and they're still wood. the ends will, ends will burn off still, right but uh still you know, it at least because it's wood. Yeah, it's really. Wood. Yeah, wood. you're putting wood in a wood. Right, in a right, grill. Right. Yeah. So soak them first; they'll be fine. Got it. Okay, and then you have some of the cheaper ones that are just a, like a, a metal skewer, and it's kind of round. Uh, the thing about the ones that where the rod is round, mm-hmm. when you go to turn the meat over, a lot of times the meat will just turn, and you won't be able to flip it over. Oh, right. Because yeah, on, a, on when you're doing shish kebabs you're gonna have to right. flip the meat over sure so i recommend highly recommend especially if you're gonna do them frequently yeah is the stainless steel the oh. stainless steel and the rod is rectangular square yeah right and so that'll better hold the meat and so when you do flip it it's not going to twist on the, mm. on the rod okay all right. right, so I so that's it. So the the next thing is we talk about the meats, mm-hmm. and we said 
meat, so which could be pork, beef, chicken, lamb. Right now, no, so we're not talking about poultry. So no? poultry, okay, and so so we have the meat, mm-hmm. and then you have the poultry, and then you have the seafood. So the thing oh. is, personally, I don't recommend mixing poultry and meat on mm. the same skewer. Right, and the reason being is chicken has to go to 165 degrees right. in order for it to be safe and cooked and done. Mm-hmm. The, where the pork and the beef and the lamb only need to go to 145. Right. That's a 20 right. degree temperature yeah, it's a 20 de- yeah. yeah. So if you're doing chicken and beef on the same way, you, most likely your beef is going to be mm-hmm. kind of dry. Right. Right. Or, or the pork. So I don't recommend mixing chicken with meat. Mm-hmm. Or chicken with seafood. Right. Right. That makes sense. Right. That makes, right. Sense. makes sense. You want so, something that's going to cook in the same temperature. Right. So, I mean, you can mix all the vegetables, but don't mix the meats. Got it. And you could do pork and beef on the same one. Pork, beef, and lamb could be on the same one. That's sure. fine because they all go to the same temperature, temperature. Right. to be safe. Right. And right. if you're going to do chicken, it has to be on its own. Right, own, right, own stick. If you yeah, want. chicken on its own stick mm-hmm. and put the vegetables. So the thing is, decide on what meat you want. Right, decide on what vegetables. So if you're gonna do any prep for the meat, like brine it mm. or mm-hmm. anything that you want to tenderize, you want to just just season it overnight or something like that. I recommend it. And then you're gonna cut the meat into chunks. Right, you know, little squares. Yeah, you know, I would say you know just. Uh, uh, at least like two to three inch squares, you know, say a couple inch square of meat, and then you just, you know, stick the little, little, stick, yeah, it, stick through it through the meat. Right, yeah. so you just start loading up the, the mm. skewer. Mm-hmm. And so you take the meat and then you, whatever vegetables you want. I like to use peppers. Okay. And okay. I like to use like red uh, red onion. Ooh. I like red onion okay. on my uh, shish kebabs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've seen people use, they, some people do mushrooms. Right. I've seen do, that. Right. I've seen people use broccoli. Interesting. Uh, right. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Broccoli. So you can just use about just any kind of vegetable you like, as long as you can get a skewer through it. Okay. And then, so the thing is, like I said, the skewer, I mean, when we're talking about, we'll talk about temperatures in a little bit, but you take the meat, you want to make sure you have the meat in the chunks, and mm-hmm. then you cut your vegetables and you just start to insert the skewer through all the vegetables. vegetables. And yeah. then you, you know, you take it and just sit it on your little plate or pan mm-hmm. and just get them all ready mm-hmm. and to take out to the grill. Awesome. Right. Now, can you have like a little spritz? Yeah, I would recommend yeah. it, depending on what flavor you want and what sure. you want in the grill or, or seasoning. So right. I would season the meat first. I was about to say, right. season the mar- right. marinate so the chunks. Pe- marinate, yeah, marinate the chunks. Yeah, if that's what you want to do. Or yeah, season the chunks. Or I sure. know a lot of times you like to rub them down. Yeah, rub down, yes. rub down the beef or yeah, exactly. whatever. Get some rub, whatever you want to do. Yeah, and then so and that's before you put it on the skewer. Got it. Okay. Right. Then you load it up. Mm-hmm. You have them sitting there waiting, and then you you know, you're going to be grilling. You're going to be going fast. We're going to do. Like as a medium to high heat. Okay. And then we're going to, you can take your little spritz bottle mm-hmm. and just, you know, and as, and as it's cooking, yeah. And uh, add another layer of flavor. Wow. Whatever flavor you want, whatever. Again, mm-hmm. it just depends on what flavor po- profile you're looking for. Makes sense. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. It sounds like a quick and easy dinner, really. 
It is really as long quick as you and like easy. prep it, then it's right. really it's really easy. Yeah. The the thing is that especially if you already prepped the meat, even mm-hmm. if you didn't prep the meat, you could take take some chicken breast, throw them down there, cut them into like chunks, mm-hmm. and then chop up your vegetables. It's it's an easy dish, easy yeah. thing to cook. Yeah. What would have? What would someone have with a shish kebab? What would be a sides of shish kebab? I think what would be a good side would be some rice, some mm. quinoa. Mm-hmm. You already have vegetables on the skewer, right? So there's your like veggie. And there you go. You got some, like I said, rice, quinoa, whatever. Yeah. However you want to prepare the rice. Oh, that's easy. I think that's good. Yeah. 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 And or don't you... forget your wine sweet roll. Because <laughs> I'm addicted to those. <laughs> yeah, Hawaiian sweet roll. Did you know they right. have bread? Hawaiian sweet roll bread. They just. They just came out with bread and buns, and they have. Yeah. What are they doing? Like, <laughs> <laughs> they're feeling my addiction. That's what they're right, doing. Right, they have sliced <laughs> bread, man. Uh, man. Uh, yeah, amazing, huh? Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm. Yeah, I was yeah. not this close to buying it, but that's another yeah. story. <laughs> but yeah, it sounds like a Hawaiian sweet roll will go with it nicely, and like you said, quinoa, some rice, some gravy. A really easy dinner, really. No, I mean, you know, I mean, gravy. I didn't mention gravy. No but. gravy. Oh, I I mentioned gravy because every time <laughs> I, I know, think of rice, like I think of gravy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you sound like you're from the south. Midwest, yeah, no rice and gravy. I need, my, I need some gravy with my, my rice. rice. I can't eat it with just butter. Right, uh, right, right. So dry. So you could have like a rice pilaf. Any yeah. Kind of thing. You know, I think we talked about a. Because I used to, you know, get the kebabs and stuff when I traveled to the Middle East. A right, lot. right. What did and they have with it? Did, well, they, they had the rice? they had a rice dish, you know, and the rice it was a really nice rice. It had some like sautéed, no, caramelized onions in Ooh. it, and it had like some raisins. Wow, and just some spices from the region. Yeah. I used to love that rice. Oh, I'm man. sure. <laughs> I'm sure. That, that sounds rice. really good. Right. So I took that dish. I took those spices and that uh, that flavor profile. Yeah. Uh, and I did some quinoa. Mm. I was telling Soul Man G about it. Yeah. Uh, on I think last week's show or whatever. Man, mm-hmm. it was delicious. We had it with we had it with lamb chops or something. Oh like wow. That. Yeah. Wow. It was great. Yeah. Sounds good. It sounds really good. <laughs> All right. Right. So this sounds like a really easy dish someone can make. Yeah, it's an easy dish. Like yeah. a, a, you know, the thing about it is, like I said, let's go through cooking. Yeah. You're gonna do high, medium heat yeah. with this. 375, 400 degrees. It's over open flame. You're yep. gonna do a direct. Right. We're gonna set up the grill for direct cooking. Sure. And then the temperature that you're trying to reach for the kebab is the internal temperature for whatever protein you're cooking. Got it. So if you're cooking chicken, internal temperature of the meat needs to be 165. Right. Uh, depending on what other kind of protein you have. So if it's pork. Mm, lamb. Lamb or beef. Yeah. And it just depends on where you want it. You want a medium, you want a medium well or whatever. And right. One of those temperatures. Okay. The, they say the safe temperature for beef, pork, lamb is 145 45. degrees. Mm-hmm. Right. But if you want a medium rare, well, again, we go back to where's the meat been? Right. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, no. Right. It's been sitting a while. Mm-hmm. Did you... Uh, did you buy it from your meat store you've had control over mm-hmm. or whatever? So if you want to go rarer than 145, well, that's totally up to you. Sure. But, uh, you know, when we're talking about roasts and, mm-hmm. and steaks and that kind of stuff, 
it's perfectly acceptable to go lower than 145. Right. Right. Makes sense. What about when I take it out of the grill? Should we, um, should I let it rest a little bit for maybe like five minutes or so? Yeah. So we want to let it rest for about five minutes. Okay. Well, yeah, that seems really easy. All right. Perfect. All right. Mm. Mm. Sounds good. Shish kebabs. Any, any, any questions about shish kebabs? No, other than I'm probably going to go home and grab everything I need. (laughs) This is state. You said the stainless steel. Uh, yeah, sticks is yeah, what we're yeah. looking for. The thing about you can just get about yeah, this, they're going to be more sturdy. Yeah, and uh, yeah, the stainless steel they're easier to maintain. And today I just kind of like order stuff online. Yeah, per but, it, yeah. Uh, but you would find them if you went to like one of the hardware stores. Oh, okay. And go to the barbecue section. Right. And I think we've got like a little barbecue store in town. Sure. Here, so yeah. But any of those stores, I mm-hmm. think you'll be able to find some nice skewers. That's awesome. Uh, if you want a wider selection, yeah, you probably just pick them up online. Mine. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. Cool. I'm well, uh, ready for some Cisco Bob now. Yeah, yeah. And my think, rice and gravy. I think <laughs> I think I'm ready too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, it's time for us to take a break now. But uh-huh. when we return, uh-huh. we're going to answer a listener question. Yeah. And it's been a while, I know. Oh. But we're going to check in with the doctor. Ooh. Our pit master in training. Hang in there. We'll be right back. Hey, Tucson, do you have a hankering for some good old down-home cooking? Well, you're in luck. Along with our award-winning barbecue, we have southern fried catfish, mac and cheese, collard greens, fried okra, peach cobbler, sweet potato pie, and much more. 745-4746. That's 745-4746. Or visit our website. Come on down to Ken's Hardwood Barbecue and get your barbecue on. Welcome back to Get Your Barbecue On with Ken Alexander, the podcast. I'm here with the doctor. Dr. Andre Jones. Dr. Jones. Yes. Well, it's that time of the show. Absolutely. we do a listener question. Yeah? Absolutely. I still remember that. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It has been a while since you've been on the show. It has. <laughs> All right. So we have April from Las Vegas, Nevada. You know, that's my home away from home, right? No, I didn't no? know that. No? I didn't know yes, that. Home I, away from home. Yeah. It's like my second home. That's where I spend a lot of my time. It's in Las Vegas. Well, I haven't well, been able to do it. Hopefully, it's, it's just your time you're spending in Las Vegas. <laughs> yeah, no money over there. <laughs> Definitely. I never go to casinos. All right. We actually call it Lost Wages. Uh, That's Las, what we call it. Yeah, yeah Lost Wages. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I haven't been there since COVID, but you know, oh, okay. it's, eventually I'll get back there. But we have April from Las Vegas who is asking, I'm guessing maybe because she got a grill for herself or her husband and the family. Mm. Where's the best place to set up my new grill in my backyard? Oh, okay. So I'm guessing she probably has one of those, you know, the houses with the patio. Does she set up in a patio or does she set it outside the patio? What would you recommend to set up a grill? Well, the thing is, you want to, there's a couple of things. One is if you have kids, you want to make sure you set it up that in a place where when you're cooking and the kids are running around, nobody's going to, get burned, mm, you know, true. run up on the grill or whatever. So you want to have an area 
where there's not going to be a lot of traffic. So if you do keep it on the patio, it's going to be more towards the edge. Mm. And it also depends on it, it also depends on the height of the roof right. of, your, of your patio. But most of the time, it can sit on the patio. Really? Okay. Yeah, it, yeah, it can sit on the patio if you're not going to be having. And we're talking, well, I'm actually talking about a gas grill. Okay. Oh, okay. Right, right, right. Yeah. A gas grill. But if you have like, uh, I say, a charcoal grill mm-hmm. and you're like starting big bonfires right. in it or whatever. <laughs> right. So it can be moved mm-hmm. a little bit, you know, move it out from under the patio when you're ready to cook on it. Makes sense. But if you have a gas grill, I would move it where the back of it is facing or is open to away from the house. Okay, so that way the smoke goes that way. Right, I mean, it's not saying where the smoke is going to go. I mean, because typically if it's under there, Mm -hmm. uh, depending on how you're cooking, the smoke's going to go up. But you have a better chance of the smoke going away. Yeah. But I've had mine under the the patio before Hmm. the other thing is you want to keep it away from any entrances into the house any windows or whatever because undoubtedly smoke always finds a way of going where you don't want it to go (laughs) right it kind of creeps in yeah i mean even in my backyard when i have it away from the house it just seems if the sliding glass door is open Mm -hmm. that the smoke is kind of drifting and going (laughs) into the sliding glass door hey guys how you guys doing (laughs) yeah so that's another thing you have to look at you know you don't want the smoke going in the house the other thing is you don't want you want to make sure it's safe and Mm -hmm. and none of your guests or the kids have an opportunity to get burned yeah I think when, and if you consider those two things and you don't really want to keep it under something with like a low roof, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. or say a a low ceiling. Yeah. Yeah. Or set it up under the ceiling fan or anything. Oh, right. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. So it's best to, it's best to set it up in an open area that where the smoke can just kind of freely move off sure it's not going to go into any windows or sliding glass doors right and it's going to be a safe area for any kids or guests that makes sense right i mean and you see a lot of people they'll set it up in like if they have a block wall or something and they have a lot of those out in Mm-hmm. In Las Vegas or whatever in the backyard, they'll yeah. set it up over in a corner away yep. from everybody. Yeah. Away from the kids, mm-hmm. away from the house. The house. Yeah. And uh, so you want to start any fires. Right. right. And in, a, in, in an area where they know exactly where they can start grilling and make all their neighbors jealous <laughs> right, of right, what they're right. cooking too. It's right, great. Right, right. Yeah. Where you can have the whole neighborhood mm-hmm. just like yes. smelling wild and doing it again. Exactly. Exactly. Right. We should really go over there, but that'd be kind of rude. <laughs> 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 right, right. So again, the top things you want to be, you, one is you want to be safe. You don't mm-hmm. want to start a fire. You don't want to burn your ceiling. Right. Two is you want to do it away from any entrances where the smoke's going to go into the house or smoke up the house. And then you just want to make sure it's in a place where the kids Mm -hmm. or your guests won't just inadvertently walk up on it and get burned. Makes sense. All right. Cool. Well, there you go, April. There is your answer to your question. And for all the rest of our listeners, you can leave a 
question for us by going to your email account and then send us an email to getyourbbqon at gmail.com. That's getyourbbqon at gmail.com. That's great. All right, April. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Now it's that time of the show dun, 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 dun. where we check in with the doctor. Dun, 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 dun. Dr. Andre Jones, Ta-da. our pit master in training. Ooh. Hey, man. Where you been? <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long time. It has man. been a very long time. Hopefully you've been up to a lot of stuff. You know, it's it's been interesting grilling at home. You know, I've been doing a, I've been spending a lot of time at home. Unfortunately, okay. I sustained a concussion and um, wow. I hit a wall. It's not really a sexy story. I just ran Man. into a wall. Just... Did Did you go through the concussion protocol you know they do that on the nfl <laughs> did you have to go in a little tent and everything yes man? yeah yeah <laughs> they looked at me they saw they said oh yeah you're you're concussed you can't go play anymore <laughs> so yeah so i've been spending a lot of time at home doing a lot of cooking a lot of grilling a lot uh, of playing in the uh, um in the kitchen experimenting sign up before i get to my grilling i made some amazing homemade strawberry lemonade oh wow yes that's like my favorite drink yes i got a juicer Hmm. and oh my god it is so much fun it is so much fun just sitting there peeling that's not fun peeling the lemons i actually make my daughter her friends do that (laughs) and then i do the strawberries and and get it together i made actually a gallon of it not too long ago yeah we still have some which is cool but mm. when I first made it, it was just. Oh. You bring any in today? So when I first made it, it was so good. <laughs> no, you don't want to share. <laughs> so, but uh, but when I made it, it was so good. <laughs> My godbrother was in town not too long ago. The big wrestling event was happening at the end of January. Uh, we had ribs. We we're going to make ribs, and I broke down and I bought a Bluetooth. digital thermometer i did it yes i am so proud of myself Mm -hmm. for doing it Mm -hmm. it was very easy to set up yes very very easy Mm -hmm. set up and you want i mean you set it up as you do you set it up with your phone yeah i set it up with my phone and basically i selected which uh what meat i was cooking what type Mm -hmm. of meat i was cooking Mm -hmm. i said pork I said, what type of pork? Baby back ribs. Mm -hmm. What temperature are you looking for? We recommend 145. Well, yeah, 145. (laughs) Right, right. I stuck it into the uh, piece of meat. Yes. And I went inside and started watching wrestling. And it beeped every time it got like a couple temperatures high. About every five. Yeah, yeah, every five it started beeping. And it went beep. I'm like, oh, 130. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. Kept watching wrestling. Everything was going great. And then all of a sudden it just... Sound an alarm, yeah, 145. Yeah. I'm like, get out of here. Wow. Got my digital thermometer just to make sure yeah, to double back check. Up, back exactly. Up. I'm like, yeah. I don't believe you. Confirm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want this confirmation. <laughs> Put it in there, 145. Wow. Get out of here. Mm. It was amazing. Now, my god brother, my um, and my mother was over, and they liked their ribs just a little burnt. That's that's their favorite, right? So they I had a little char. Yeah, they get a the little char in there. So I I left it on about you know about five degrees more, so that way it gets mm, about one fifty. So it gets right. that nice char in there. Mm-hmm. Oh, they devoured it. It was so good. My mom went back for seconds and thirds. It was so great. All right. And I also did it with chicken wings. Also mm-hmm. plugged it in the chicken wings. Yeah. Went in. Uh, my godbrother was over. We we're gonna watch a movie. 
And uh, sure enough, it was all done. Right. It got to 145. I'm like, get out of here. Double check again. Boom. I mean, this thing is so accurate. It's scary. (laughs) (laughs) And it's so cool that I can have it on my phone. I can walk around my house, continue to do whatever I need to do, prepare my sides, and not have to go outside to go check on it. Mm -hmm. Because all I have to do is pull up the app and see it right then and there. Wow. What it's doing. Amazing. (laughs) My mind was blown. I highly highly recommend this to everybody it is super cool well that's great super super cool but that is great uh, i cooked some chicken wings for my godbrother. like i said i made homemade strawberry lemonade for the both of us and uh i had him taste the uh, chicken wings and the strawberry lemonade first right and was like how is it he's like this lemonade is really good i'm like are you sure <laughs> he's like yeah it's really good i'm like well, how's the chicken he's like it's amazing i'm like yeah. are you sure so i sat down and i start we started watching wrestling before the movie and I took a bite of the chicken wings. I'm like, okay, it's official. I'm truly am a pit master in training. <laughs> this is really good. <laughs> I had some of the lemonade. I'm like, oh my gosh. Right. I'm in love with myself. <laughs> this is it. Any woman who comes to that door, I have a clean house and I can cook. <laughs> so it's over. It's and over. Go. <laughs> Just got to hey. get them in the house. <laughs> so it's been an amazing time doing a lot of grilling. And yeah. also I played around with some more seasoning, mm-hmm. get some more rubs. Right. I got this really awesome maple barbecue rub. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Just killer. And then mixing it with some brown sugar. Mm-hmm. And kind of mixing those two together. Right. Oh my gosh! Oh my 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 food's been amazing. Well, that's great. Yeah. So yeah. that's what I've been up to. Wow. Yeah. Well, hey, sounds like uh, I, you've been doing a great job. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Everyone keeps eating my food, and they keep going back for seconds and thirds. So I guess I'm doing a good job. All right. Yeah. Well. It's good to hear that the doctor is out there. He's cooking. He's learning, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, and folks are enjoying your food. Absolutely. And my drinks now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. We forgot about your yeah. uh, cocktails. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I'll, I'll make you one next time. <laughs> <laughs> we'll all share, even with Harley in the background. We'll share with Harley. Yeah, yeah. So, I I mean, I realize you've been out for a while, but uh, midterms are coming up this month. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We got to we kind of, you know, with all the stuff going on mm-hmm. and you being out a little bit, so we we pushed them out to like the middle of March. So oh, good, yeah, good, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, so right, that gives right, me time right. to kind of experiment and figure <laughs> out with some more, create a whole dish for us right, to enjoy. Right. There you go. All <laughs> Slave right. over a hot stove <laughs> for a show. <laughs> well, that's great. That's yeah. great. It's great to check in with the doctor. Absolutely, you're doing a great job. Thank you. You uh, represent and get your barbecue on very well. Yes, I wear my uh, my apron with it on there very proudly. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually a mer- good merchandise material. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, you know we don't have that apron for uh, grill masters and training yet, but oh uh, yeah, th- we'll look at it. See how you're doing your midterm. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> sounds good. On my midterm, we'll see if I pass. (laughs) All right, hey, it's time for us to take another break. But when we return, we're going to be bringing you the good news. We're going to have De Beer here on the show. We're going to have a great conversation. He's very interesting, very interesting life. Mm -hmm. And uh, so hang in. We'll be right back. Hey everyone, it's your favorite pitmaster in training, Dr. Andre Jones himself, and I'm super excited to let you know that I have my very own show. 
That's right, I am the host of All About The Win podcast, where myself and my fellow players interview local and national entrepreneurs about their greatest accomplishment thus far. Plus, we add a little bit of old school magic to make the stories come to life. You can check it out by going to www.allaboutthewinpodcast.com. That's www.allaboutthewinpodcast.com. And prepare to be inspired and entertained. Welcome back to Get Your Barbecue On with Ken Alexander, the podcast. I'm here with the doctor, Dr. Andre Jones, and it's time for us to bring you the good news. That's right. Yeah, we're here with the beer. The beer. I was like, hold the beer? Yeah, yeah, the beer. All right. You didn't bring the beer. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I brought the beer. Does it count? What's your favorite kind of beer? (laughs) My favorite kind of beer. I'm a light beer person, so. Yeah. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. All right. I I don't drink, so I, I refer back to you. <laughs> Same. Same. <laughs> my my favorite beer is definitely a cold one. Yeah. Yeah. This cold one. There you go. Yeah. That's what Whichever like. one's the coldest. Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> in Rocky Mountains, looking whatever it is, like cold, good, 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 cold, <laughs> good, good, cold, good, good, yeah. cold. See, yeah. see. Yeah. So hey, we promised our listeners that uh, when we brought you on, when you we brought you in, mm-hmm. that uh, you tell us how to pronounce your first name. I didn't agree to that. <laughs> <laughs> Andre promised that you would. Yes, Gerard. 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 Okay. G e r h a r d. Okay. Gerhard. Gerhard. Gerhard the beer. All right. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. That's cool. So you're from South Africa? Born and raised, yes, sir. All right. Raised. Uh, when did you come to the United States? Uh, when I was 19 years old, back in 2013. All right. So mm-hmm. you're sitting here with the Arizona football shirt on, so you played for the university. I did? Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, sir. I was under Rich Rod uh, 2013. I walked on there. I uh, got a scholarship after two years. 2015, I also uh, ended up starting towards the end of the year there at a position I'd never practiced until that week I played it. And my first start was in the Coliseum at USC. Wow. Yeah, that was quite an experience. Yeah, man, yeah. going against those big defensive linemen. Yeah, yeah <laughs> from from USC. Yeah, yeah, nine a small fry myself, but <laughs> right, uh, right, right. Those guys, right. they you know, he looked like a damn bowling ball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, except he didn't like rolling, so right, <laughs> I had right, to right. move him. Yeah, you had to move him. You had to move him. Well, that's great. That's yeah. great. So, uh, how long you been in the U.S.? Almost uh, eight years now. Yeah. Oh. So, how'd you enjoy the U of A? I loved it. Uh, my experience was good. I think mostly because number one, I walked away with a degree, and number two yeah, is um, you know I made the most of my time. I tried my ass off at everything I did, mm-hmm. um, all the way from learning into um, playing ball, doing track. Um, I was an all American, which kind of sounds very ironic. Because, uh, <laughs> not American at all. Right, right, right. But right. you were all American at which sport? Uh, track and field. Track and field. So, mm-hmm. what did you what did you do in track and field? Distance running. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, no. So uh, not believable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So thrower. not believable. Yeah, discus discus thrower. Thrower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I, I'd say what well, you about six six. Yeah, six seven. Right six, now, seven. I'm down to two ninety. Uh, uh, forty pounds, forty three pounds less than my heaviest. Oh, wow. I was 333 at my heaviest. Man. Yeah, playing yeah. guard when I was with the Bills. 
Wow. Oh, okay. Green Bay dropped about 15 pounds. That was pretty easy to lose, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I did not struggle to lose weight whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. So you got drafted out of the U of A? Uh, I was undrafted to the mm-hmm. Bills in 17. Uh, spent some time with the Bills, obviously. And then uh, after, yeah, when season began, I got released out of there. Not after camp. I was with them for a week and then got picked up by the Packers later that year. Mm-hmm. Uh, spent some time on their practice squad for the rest for the remainder of the season. That was the year that Mike McCarthy got let go. Oh. Um, yeah, he got let go that week that I got in. So, coincidence? I don't know. But, wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, but uh, yeah. So, and then uh, I was with them all offseason in 2019. Um, got released out of there, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Put up some good tape and then uh, got picked up by the Colts. Perfect storm. I had a green card interview that Friday, and if I were to, you know, not make the green card interview, I'm illegal in the country. Right. Were I to leave the Colts for a day, and for anybody who's never been there, missing a day in the NFL is like missing three weeks of unleaved absence at work. Like, wow, you you just get fired. It's you don't get the opportunity to do that. They give you a long, nice off season. So when you're supposed to be there, you're supposed to be there. And I mean, that was an extenuating circumstance. This was completely out of my control. Right, right. So and that, that, that completely sucked. And then later on, I went to the XFL, got hurt, two herniated discs. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, now I'm doing mortgages. All right, right, yeah. right, and right. I come talk to people on podcasts for fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, you kind of moved around the country for a there, and then you back here in Tucson. Yeah, right? back and forth a lot. Yeah, back, back and, forth and forth a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, how do you enjoy Tucson? It's uh, you know, it was a very big change up when I got here at first because I'd never experienced the heat like that. And I smacked that in the middle of summer in July Ooh. is when I landed here, and I was like, "Holy crap, it's hot here!" You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what part of South Africa are you from? Pretoria. Pretoria, okay. Yeah, about uh, people. All, yeah. So imagine Cape Town. Yeah. Um, the exact opposite of that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> it's more a suburban area. Um, and it's more inland. The nearest mm-hmm. coast to me is about six hours, which is kind of cool, though. But the about seventy percent of South Africa's you know border is surrounded by by the ocean. So, right. Right. Yeah. Right. 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 Right on a pinnacle. That's yeah. Pinnacle. Right on the you got the Indian Ocean and the Atlantic Ocean. Right. Yeah. There, right? There's a there's an Afrikaans song that goes "Dava Tuya Blow Dama Kop Stomp." It means there were two big blue dams bump heads. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, wow. Out off of the Cape of Good Hope, yeah. It's mm-hmm. a critical song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, Ken, he was actually a guest on All About the Win also. All About the Win. Yes, yes. Yeah, my yeah. show that I have mm-hmm. that um, you can find on Anchor at FM, <laughs> Spotify, Google Podcasts, and also now Apple Podcasts. <laughs> 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 exactly. No plug there. No plug. But... um. His father-in-law was also on the show a yeah. week prior to. Okay. And then when I said the beer was going to be on the show, he's like, wait, the beer? The beer? I'm like, yeah. He's like, that's my <laughs> son-in-law. I'm like, no way. Uh, really? <laughs> and that's one of the ways I met him also, which I met him uh, networking. You know, one of the things that he told us about, and maybe you can elaborate on as well, is that you actually didn't know much about football before you walked in onto the football field. Yeah, I didn't know poop from peanut butter. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, so you came to the U.S. On track and field. On a track and field scholarship. and Correct, yeah. So, I uh, had done really well in track and field. Mm -hmm. Um, I had a... um, 
yeah, I got a bronze medal at the World Youth and Junior Championships, set a world leading distance as well as uh, broke the national record wow. uh, for my age group. And then I um, got a lot of offers to come to America for track and field. Mm -hmm. But then my second cousin went to SMU. And she told me about this guy named Marcus Hunt. Now, Marcus Hunt was an Estonian discus thrower who was a second-round pick to the Bengals by the time that I was just about to go mm -hmm. uh, to the U.S. And I was like, man, why not me? You know? <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right. Why not me? If him, why not me? So the cool, cool story about it was that one week that I got to spend at the Colts, I got to meet him. Oh, wow. So I was wow. like, man, this is like the coolest thing that I've ever seen. Like, I, right. This is the literally what my story is based off of. Right. Mm -hmm. And I got to meet the guy. That's fantastic. Who kind of, you know, put that idea in my head. So I was very yeah. grateful for that opportunity. That was awesome. Mm -hmm. I absolutely love that. So, but, uh, but yeah, so obviously when I told, you know, track and field coaches, I'll come to your school if you let me play football. Uh, obviously, the door completely shut on 99% <laughs> of them. So right, that's the right. way Arizona found me is they would let me walk on to the football team while doing track. Right. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, in this day and age, most people don't want you playing two sports. No, it's mm -hmm. it's not the same it was, you know. It's so yeah. nationalized now, and it's there's too too much money involved. Yeah, mm -hmm. too much money. It's in everything's year-round. Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, football – about five weeks out of the year you kind of have off you yeah have spring Ooh. break off you have winter break off and mm -hmm. then you have three weeks between you know summer session one and the spring semester right wow. so literally about six weeks off from football mm -hmm. that's about it jeez <laughs> yeah. jeez well that's great it looks like you had a great time you said like you said you got a degree and yeah you're back here and now you're doing mortgages exactly tell us how did you get there well it was easy i said man the nfl that don't look fun i want to do mortgages <laughs> uh, you know um it was a funny story a really good friend of mine glenn parker uh role model for me um he he spent so much time with me trying to help me develop as a player. And I'm like, Glenn, I'm not really sure what I need to do once football's done. And I think I should kind of make a plan. And he said, you ever think about mortgages? I'm like, hmm. well, what do you do with that? I mean, I know what a mortgage is. You, you know, buy a house, you can't buy it cash like a normal person. And, right. <laughs> then you go and get a mortgage. Right. You know? uh, one plus one equals two. It's uh, <laughs> very, very difficult. But um, he told me, you know, kind of how it works. And he put me in touch with this guy. And I talked to this guy for a while and I said, well, I'd love to do some form of an internship. He said, we don't really offer that, but when you're done playing, come talk to me. Mm -hmm. So hmm. funny enough, I did call that same guy back after I got done playing and I got my license. I said, hey man, I'm ready to come work for you. He said, uh, right now my team doesn't have any space. We're moving to a new building. I will have some space for you in about two months. I'm like, I can't be unemployed for two months. Mm -hmm. I'm not doing that. But that very next day, my wife ended up going to to her dentist and her dentist told her specifically about a guy who's looking to hire somebody that was there the day prior. Wow. <laughs> I was like, man, I, you know, like, okay, talk about stars align, things fall right, in place right. for you. Yeah. You know, it'd be kind of stupid to ignore an opportunity like that. And so, Absolutely. Yeah, seriously. And I get to uh, go to work with a great group of people who mm -hmm. care about the people that we work with. You know, not just trying to pass through another loan, not just another number, but right. actually, and here's a prime example. This week in that past, I spend an hour and a half taking somebody's application. I can run through an application in about 10, 15 minutes if yes, I want yes. to. Yes, mm yes. -hmm. 
to get all your personal information that I need to get this loan done. Mm -hmm. This person came in and I spent an hour and a half with her on her loan application. Mm -hmm. So just to mm -hmm. give you an idea of the kind of intent that I have with customers when I deal with them, is because when you look at somebody and you say, this is the biggest investment of your life that you're gonna make, mm -hmm. how can I spend 10, 15 minutes just to gather your personal information, mm -hmm. not educate you on the process, not tell you what we're gonna do, not tell you what your loan program consists of and all these different kinds of things. Right. Yeah. Yeah. If it were me and I'm making the biggest purchase of my life, man, you better tell me what the heck's going on. Yeah. Or I'm going to find somebody that will. Well, yeah. I'll tell you what, you know? man, that that's a big difference compared to, you know, what was going on and just. Yeah. I mean, people five, just gouging. You know, yeah. You know, with all the stuff's going on with the yeah. subprime loan lending mm -hmm. yeah. and all that. It caused that where, big crash. Yeah. Right, and I mean, yeah. That's a big. Yeah, falsifying W two, right, and all right, that stuff yeah. going on. Yeah. I mean, people, and that those are people's lives. Yeah, right. there's a reason somebody shouldn't be able to qualify for a loan that they're looking for. Mm -hmm. There's mm -hmm. a reason for it, you know. And with all the respect in my heart, there's a lot of people that I feel really sorry for that are close to having an opportunity, but they're just not quite there because they have some debt issues. They mm -hmm. have this, they have that. I just those are the kind of you know things that we're like, okay, we need to make sure that the people that would qualify will be able to sustain this, not mm -hmm. just for the purposes of whoever carries the loan, which guilt services our own loan. So every person, well, 95% of the people we deal with, we retain as customers during the 30-year loan. That's awesome. Well, so, that's good. Yeah, so you're yeah. not off selling mortgages at all yeah. like no. most. No, yeah. because most banks, 99% of banks out there, you deal with them, you're done. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Then you can get. Then you get to go sit on a one eight hundred number and wait an hour before anybody talks. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I'd love to do that. You know, yeah. your call is very important to us. Please continue holding. <laughs> one hour later, you yeah. get that SpongeBob. Yes, exactly. Yes. Yes. Like, yes, you're like, yeah. I, was, I feel so important. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this background music makes me feel even calm. Like this is yeah. awesome. So appreciate it, yes. you know, but through our process, like I'm your point of contact. Should you need anything? Should you be confused about something? Sure. Et cetera, et cetera. Now, right. I mean, if you have a late payment, I mean, I can't reverse time, but for example, waived late fees of about $2,000 for a customer. Wow. Just a few days ago. Yeah. A few weeks ago, excuse me. A few weeks ago, we yeah. waived late fees of about 2000 bucks with somebody. And mm -hmm. right now, that's really important, especially with the COVID-19 pandemic yep. and a lot of people struggling with um, their housing and making sure that they have income for it. Exactly. So that's really that's really awesome. Exactly. That you do that. Yep, exactly. What you're describing is really refreshing. Mm -hmm. yeah, really refreshing to hear with knowing what the way it has been in the past and that you guys are really working closely with uh, customers and being... Uh, transparent yeah with and the think, whole transaction yeah and i think that's very important and you know the finance industry has got such a bad rap because of it people does abusing. Mm -hmm. i mean because think about it this way if you invest your money with some mutual fund or whatever it be they get their nut their one percent no matter what they yeah. lose you 10 percent for the year they still get their one percent right, sure right, they gain right. you 10 percent for the year they still take their one percent right. right how's that fair you take all the risk and they just reap your money mm -hmm. like <laughs> yeah you know and these quote-unquote so-called experts here's a statistic i'm gonna throw your way 90 percent of all the actively managed mutual funds out there don't even beat the s p 500 yeah. so if you put your money all your money in the s p 500 right 
you are a top 10% investor above all these so-called experts. <laughs> wow. There's a little fun statistic it, for right? you. Yeah. And guess what? You can find some funds out there that will charge you about 0.1% to put allocate the assets in the S&P 500. Wow. wow. 0.1%. So instead of giving away 1%, you can give away 0.1 right and you can be a top 10% investor right <laughs> it's not that hard oh right. seriously yeah. so why give your money your hard earned money yeah for somebody to take regardless whether mm -hmm. they want to lose cuz and here's the other thing is when people invest don't do it emotionally right if you're going to put that money in there dollar cost averaging meaning put money in every single month as right. an automatic draw mm -hmm. to be invested for you and do not, do not, do not withdraw should it fall, should it rise, mm -hmm. no matter what it does. Because over a 10, 20 year span, right. your odds of losing in the S&P is impossible. There is not wow. one 20 year span where the S&P is down. Huh. Oh, I'm sorry. There was one time, but that was from like uh, 88 to 08. So mm. if you fell on mm. 08, right. you crashed. Right. right. Which it's, you know, that's the only one. Out of hmm. all, the, all the other spans, you're fine. Wow. Invest in the long term. Yeah. Yeah. And don't be emotional <laughs> about it. <laughs> yeah. If you see it fall, just leave it. If you see it rise, just leave it. Right. And in 30, 40 years from now, you can retire because, and the other stat that goes along with that is every 10 years, the S&P 500 approximately triples. Approximately. So you can triple your money if you put $1 in today. In approximately 10 years from now, it should be worth three bucks. Yeah. And the thing about investing and investing in, you know, long term, and long-term instruments, you know, thing is that you want to be able to leave the money in there mm -hmm. and you can't mm -hmm. be going and pulling it out. And, right, no. Yeah, so you have to have enough money so that you can just let it sit and ride. Yeah. Exactly. And, no looky-loo. Yeah, and, <laughs> no looky -loo. and people don't understand, like, whatever you can save, and there's always ways to save more. People sure. say, no, I'm living on my edge. There's nothing I can do more. I see you buy a six-pack of smart water every week. <laughs> <laughs> you need smart water that was you pay about half as much for a gallon of water as you do for a gallon of gas mm. water does not get mined out of the ground mixed into some different kind of mixture to make octane <laughs> they transport it to each of these individual locations unloaded in tankers into location who then distributes it to you again <laughs> so you want to tell me for real that it is so important to have bottled water that it costs half as much as a tank of gas. Mm. <laughs> well, I like the smart water because it makes me feel smart. Yeah, I need a lot of that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so it's time for us to take a break, but when we come back, we will talk some more mm -hmm. with the beer uh -huh. and, Hello. And, <laughs> and the doctor. We'll be right back. This is Ken from Ken's Hardwood Barbecue Restaurant, where we have created a blend of barbecue and southern cooking. We have taken the best barbecue styles and flavors from Texas, Missouri, and the Carolinas. What food has meant to my family is a way to come together and fellowship. We invite you to come and join us. We are located at 5250 East 22nd Street in Tucson at the crossroads of Craycroft and 22nd. Call us at 520-745-4746. Come on down and get your barbecue on. Hey, welcome back to Get Your Barbecue On with Ken Alexander, the podcast. I'm here with the doctor. Dun, and dun, dun, dun. and we're, we're talking to the bear. Woohoo! He's here. Talk to us about Guild Mortgage. Beer. 
<laughs> and beer. And beer. Beer. Cold beer. <laughs> cold, good, good cold. Good cold. Yeah. So the beer, you told us about how you got hired into Guild Mortgage just uh, just by uh, referral. So how are things? How's things been going over there? It's good. Uh, business business was absolute booming last year, but if you really want to be proactive and stay ahead, you need to expand into the purchase section. Wow. Right. So, you know, one of the things that, uh, you know, I've known some people that are looking for a house, that this seems to be a big seller market right now, that mm-hmm. people are paying. I mean, the prices are going up. Uh, yep. Folks are paying more, having to end up paying more than asking price yep. to to get. So even though the interest rate is low, housing prices are but that's exactly going it. up. So can mm-hmm. you imagine if you owe, let's just say for argument's sake, you have a hundred thousand dollar mortgage, right? Okay, mm-hmm. right now you could pay. Let's just throw a number out. Okay, I've I just locked somebody in today at two percent for a fifteen year. Mm-hmm. All right, let's just say you have an interest rate of 3% on a 30-year, okay? You should still be able to get that right now. Mm-hmm. But let's say it's 4% on the other hand, okay? So 3% on 100000 is $3,000 a year. Mm-hmm. That's quote-unquote how you calculate your interest. It's not completely right, but that's a semi Yeah, it's really way. not advertised. Yeah. It's sort of like a simple interest rate. Yeah, that's, right. that would be simple, which yeah. it's not, right. but mm-hmm. you, yeah. Right. It's a compounding interest. But now let's say it's 4%. That's a difference of $1,000 a year, mm-hmm. which is a little under 100 bucks a month mm-hmm. for what you're purchasing, okay? Right. Now you take 100 bucks out of somebody's buying power every single month, or you add an extra $100 that somebody has to pay every single month, mm-hmm. that changes their buying power completely, right? right? But now let's say you're looking at a $300,000 property. Now you're looking at, you know, about 250 bucks a month mm. that you have less in buying power. And let me explain it this way. Imagine you earn $100 a month, mm-hmm. okay? 45% of that is what your allowable debt is, okay? Mm. This is how you qualify for mortgage. If you have 10 bucks for a car payment, five bucks for a credit card, you have $30 to spend on a house, mm. okay? Now, I'm, those are percentages, pretty right. much, right? Right, right, right. So right. now let's imagine... For the same thing, but for a three hundred thousand dollar house. So instead of having, you know, thirty bucks to spend for a house, now you only have twenty five because your interest rate is so much higher. Mm. Does that make sense? So now people that weren't able to upgrade before upgraded their home, and people who weren't able to afford a home earlier is getting into a home now. Right. That's right, why right. housing prices are just skyrocketing. Inventory is so low. Right. And more and more people are migrating out of different states to sure. Tucson because right. it is so cheap. You go to California, these houses you see in the foothills are going to cost you four, five, six million bucks. Oh, sure. Ridiculous, right? Mm-hmm. Ridiculous. People out of California come here, they're like, oh, this is so nice, so cheap, I'll take it. Right. You know? And so they're not scared to take on a big purchase because to them it's half of what they used to pay. Sure. Right. Yeah. Right? So that's they'd be very happy doing that. Sure. And then you have a lot of people leaving different parts of the country to come here in Tucson, like you said, yeah. which also brings the prices up. And well. it reduces inventory level. Right. That is the biggest issue. So my wife and I recently got on a contract for a home and they were on the same home that we haven't even toured until that Friday. On Thursday, there were two offers. One was cash, sight unseen. Somebody said, I'll buy a house cash. I haven't even looked at it. 
Wow. Can you imagine that? You're buying a house and you have not seen it in person. Wow. Cash offer. Yeah. <laughs> Can so, you imagine that? Yeah. I mean, actually, this is eerily similar to 10, 15 years ago in Tucson. Uh -huh. I mean, where, you know, folks were waiting to get on a list for months and months just to buy a house yeah so, and it can't uh, expand fast enough i mean if you're a builder in this environment you're smiling year to year you're as happy as a pig in a pile of poop you know right, <laughs> right, right. it's ridiculous now here's the bigger issue that people don't know when they get into the home buying process and again this goes with the education part let's say there's a home for a hundred thousand dollars okay they're selling it for a hundred thousand okay and you put your offer down for a hundred it gets accepted. The appraisal comes back. It's $95,000 worth on the appraisal. Now you can ask the appraiser, which comps did you use? I think if you try this comp, this comp, this comp, we can raise the value a little bit, but you can never try to directly influence the appraiser's value. You can only ask him to consider different properties. Does that make sense? It's illegal to try and convince an appraiser by saying, Hey, either you appraise this property at value or uh, we're going to find somebody else who will. But it is legal to say, hey, I think these comps support the property better because they're most recently sold and they have a better market indication than the previous ones do. Right, right, right. right? Understandable. That, that is allowed. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, but anyway, that is that's set aside. It appraised for 95000 Now, your loan and purchase and everything is based off of the lower of the two. Right. So you are either going to say, all right, so let's say you're going to put 10% down. Now you're putting nine and a half thousand down. You're like, cool, I just save 500 bucks instead of putting 10,000 down. But what you don't understand is, is you need to make up the difference in the 5,000. Mm. So because the loan is based on the lower of the appraised or the sales value. If it appraised for 105, good. You just gained $5,000 of equity in your pocket. Mm -hmm. Congratulations. That's awesome. If it doesn't, well, you need to either come up with that extra five grand put less down, get in a different low program, or the deal's dead. Dang. Right, you're gonna have to come up with $5,000 of closing. Out of nowhere. Yeah. And imagine you're working again with a $300,000 property. Right. And that appraises for 10,000 on it, you're planning to put 20% down, so you don't have to have mortgage insurance. Now all of a sudden you're gonna only put 15% down. Right. You get a worse interest rate, because there's a price point break at 20%, plus, now you need to pay an extra mortgage insurance of like, you know, 100, 200 bucks a month. Mm. With, yeah, so, with that loan to value, it'll be less, but. Right. So what's the, uh, I mean, what's the probability that appraisals don't come in at. In a market like this, pretty, pretty good. Yeah. Because, and the reason for that being is. That the, um, so pretty good that they will come in at price or they won't come in. Will at not the, come oh, in at value. Oh, value. Yeah. Okay. So, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because of the. Yeah, exactly. Right. And because. Every house is selling for more than what people are offering. You know, they're saying, all right, we're listing this for, you know, 150. People are offering 155, 160 just right. because they want to get a home. Right. right, right yeah. You know, right, people right. can't yeah. get out of renting. Right. 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 So, you know, in my opinion, it's not a good time to buy right now. But mm. then on the other hand, it's like, you know, in two years from now, when you say, all right, the market's better, we can buy now. <laughs> There's $15,000 you could have put equity in your pocket by paying a mortgage right right so it's like damned if you do damned if you, you don't, don't. yeah so either right, you're right. putting you know money in somebody else's pocket or equity in your own right at an inflated price or less but here's the thing as long as you stay in it for the long game and you don't 
you know, emotionally buy, emotionally sell, any of that crap. And on top of that, you know, you don't fall with the unluckiness of a crash or something. Mm. You will make money on your investment. You will. Your home over time will increase in value. Mm -hmm. It's just the fact that there's a million people immigrating to the U.S. every single year. There's a million new homes needed where they'd be renting, where they'd be buying. Sure. There's a million more needed every single year in this country. And the population keeps growing just by birth. Yeah, I mean, in so, most cases they do. Wow. I mean, yeah. But there has been in the past, what, 30 years, a couple of times they, yeah. they people have been underwater because of... Yeah, yeah exactly. The, and the so markets if you, fell yeah. out. Yeah. And if you fall in a crash like that, obviously that'd be the worst time to sell. Right. Unless okay. what? Unless you look at the upgrade. Right. right. Then you're like, I'll take a loss on this one, but this property I'm, I can get for half of it right now. Uh, let's say there's a nice Foothills property. It's, you know, it was selling for 600000 you know, in this year. But in five years from now, there's a big economic crash and blah, 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 jobless because, you know, say freaking... ABC company had a big problem and sure. a lot of people lost their jobs. The stock market came crashing down and right. all that crap. Then you're like, well, that $600,000 property is now with 400. I know I'm going to take a loss of about $10,000 on my property when I sell it, even though I put a lot of equity in it. I'm gaining about $200,000 with the equity in this home up here in the next five years when the economy recovers. And it will. Because people wow. want to work and make money. Right. So right. what you really want to do is sell in this market and buy when it breaks. Yeah. Oh, wow. So tell us about uh, a little bit about Guild Mortgage and what sets you guys apart from other lenders. Oh, that's easy. I mean, here's when I talk to a customer, I always tell them this. Nine times out of 10, I can either match or beat a deal. Okay. Wow. If I cannot, then you know you got the best deal in town. With that mm -hmm. being said, there's only one time I lost a loan because of it. And that is because <laughs> now, okay, so because we sell to Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac directly, mm -hmm. we can jump through a lot, a lot of hoops that other lenders cannot. Mm -hmm. Okay. For example, Guild recently put an overlay up given the current circumstances. You need a 600 score to qualify, credit score. All the other lenders require a 660. Mm hmm. So automatically, there's a portion of people between 600 and 660 that I can help that no other lender can. Okay. But I lost this loan to a lender because this loan, this individual had less than 550 score. Oh, okay. Mm. There's a reason, again, that there's a cutoff. The only way that those people were able to beat me was because they're going to carry the loan themselves. Mm. Wow. Okay. They're going to take on their risk themselves. Right. And the interest rate was about a whole percentage point higher than anywhere else. So either you can go on a credit repair or you can go with that guy. Get into a home as soon as possible, but you got to understand if you have that low credit score, there's a big risk for you. Mm -hmm. Okay? There's a big risk for you. Then you got to pay more for the loan. Yeah. Way more. So uh, walk me through, I want to buy a house. I want to come and get, uh, you know, because a lot of folks want you to get pre-qualified and mm -hmm. Uh, so walk me through when I come in and see you. Hey, I want to buy a house. Right. So there's two different kinds of pre-qualification-ish. You get pre-qualified and then you get pre-approved. Okay. Being pre-qualified for a loan means I saw your W-2s, I saw your pay stubs, and I pulled your credit. And to my best knowledge of everything that you disclosed to me, I say that you can qualify for this amount. Mm -hmm. Pre-approved mm -hmm. means you went to underwriting. And underwriting said, okay, yeah, we looked at everything. Uh, you are approved for this amount, up to this amount for loan. 
and you're like fantastic you have what we call NOCA, NOCA notice of credit approval okay then there are with conditions though okay mm -hmm. so there are conditional approval and what that means is there are certain things that you have to do and most of the work is in our back end our processors take care of that uh, your tax certification making sure you filed your taxes in the last two years if you haven't done that then we can't do your loan mm -hmm. you know all these different kinds of things that come into play but again most of that falls on us in the back end but pre-approved means that you already went through underwriting and and we call that a, as a tbd loan to be determined property so mm. you're approved up to this amount you can go find a space and we can close you within two weeks oh cool. wow that's pretty fast right that's mm -hmm. really fast yeah which mm. i recommend anybody who goes out to buy a property what you know if you know you're going to buy in three months from now you shouldn't get pre-approved because they're going to have to pull your credit again Ooh. right um and you're going to have to get updated pay stubs and all right. that stuff right but say you want to buy in two months from now get pre-approved wow. it takes about two weeks to get pre-approved get through underwriting okay uh, it depends all on how proactive the borrower is so let's say the doctor doctor wants to buy a house and, but <laughs> doctor doctor doesn't want to give me any of his documents then i can get him pre-approved right, mm -hmm. right you know and i'm gonna and, and at that point i'm gonna need quite a few things to get somebody pre-approved because when you go through the loan process we do something called a voe verification of employment mm-hmm and we need to actually talk to somebody from your HR department to get that information that you actually make what your pay stub says, mm. that you didn't alter that. Mm -hmm. Right. Great, great. So uh, what kind of loan products do you guys uh, have over at the Literally everything. Everything? Mm -hmm. We do manufactured. We do USDA. Now, USDA is obviously region-specific, but uh, it's uh, United States Department of Agriculture. Mm -hmm. Those are for rural areas. Mm -hmm. Okay. So if you go to a town like Pima, Thatcher, Safford, okay, Pima's a town, not not the county. Right. Um, <laughs> you can get a USDA loan out there because that is so agriculture and mining town based. Mm -hmm. But here in Tucson, Phoenix, these are more city-like kind of areas. There are mm -hmm. some spots around Marana that you can go mm -hmm. that might have the opportunity for USDA here or there but it's very limited compared to Safford, Pima, Thatcher, et cetera. Okay. So then we have VA, veterans, eligible veterans, honorably discharged, obviously, with the DD-214 form. Uh, we have conventional, which is just a standard loan programs most people use. We have FHA, which I tend to recommend for people who cannot afford a 20% down payment. Right. The interest rates are better, and mm -hmm. your mortgage insurance will also be lower. Mm -hmm. So it's only three and a half percent down. But here's the thing. If you say, well, but I've got 10% down. I say, great. So here's what you're going to do is you're going to do the FHA loan for three and a half percent down. And then you're going to do the other six and a half percent as a principal reduction once the loan closes. Right. And what that means is you're going to put that extra, let's say it's a, again, $100,000 home. You put in three and a half thousand down. You throw that extra six and a half thousand down in principal after you closed. That is deducted from principal. You just mm. cut the life of your loan by five years, seven sure. years. Sure. And all that interest that you're not paying in that five to seven year span. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, Ridiculous that, amount of money that you save. Right. That was actually one of the questions. Uh, but I wanted to first follow up with another question. <laughs> oh, please. Sure. Yeah. And that is uh, 30, 20, or 15. Mm. What? How many years? What, what do you recommend as far as mortgage? The length of, of mortgage? That's yeah. like me asking what should... 
what color shirt do you want to wear? Red, white, black, orange, pink, purple? <laughs> right. It, it depends on each individual. Mm. Right. You can't, and there's, there's a term called house poor. Okay? Right, right. And what mm. house poor means is, again, you're living on the edge of your means. Mm. Okay. You're saying, all right, I want to qualify for my maximum amount possible and buy the most house I can. Mm. It's going to make you house poor. Mm-hmm. And create circumstances which has you pressured because what if you lose your job? Yeah. Right. What if Ouch. there's an illness? Right. What if all these unforeseen things happen? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You should never live on the edge of your means like that. Just mm. because you can qualify at 45% debt mm-hmm. doesn't mean you should. Right. Right. Does right, not right, mean you right, should. Right. Right. So a 20-year is no different than a 30 other than the period that you pay. So you pay less interest, but there's not a break in interest rate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's a break for 15 and 30-year. Those interest rates differ. And then the biggest thing when you look at refinancing is what we call the LTV. It's your loan to value. Mm. Okay. So let's say you have $50,000 that you own in your home and your home was purchased for a hundred thousand or appraised for a hundred thousand. Then your LTV is 50. Mm. Now the lower your LTV, the better your rate's going to be. Mm. And again, the price point breaks. It's at 20, 25, 35. Okay. Okay. So, um, I had somebody recently tell me that uh, if I were to make one principal payment every year, so additional principal payment mm-hmm. every year, I could cut my loan in half. I mean, the loan period, say a 30-year loan, I could pay it in close to like 15 years instead of 30 years if I just made one additional principal payment. So I'm making all my payments, 12-month payments, and then I make a principal payment, say that year also, mm-hmm. that I would cut the time of uh, repaying the loan. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the same idea as putting that principal reduction down right after, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Because here's the thing is you're always going to pay the same amount of principal. Mm. So principal means the amount of money that you own right. uh, owe to the bank for purchasing the house. So again, $100,000 house, I put three and a half percent down. I owe ninety six and a half thousand bucks on this house. Right. Principal reduction. I put a thousand bucks extra in. Now I owe ninety five and a half. So what a principal reduction does is it just basically shortens the term that you pay your principal over because everything is amortized. Okay. Over 30 years. Right. But when you mess with that cycle, you shorten that term, shorten that Mm -hmm. term, shorten Mm -hmm. that term every time you do that. So here's what I'm going to do personally. I'm going to pay an extra 50, 100, 150 bucks a month into my principal. Mm-hmm. And over the life of the loan, number one, that's going to shorten my term. Number two, it's going to save me about fifteen dollars to $20,000 in interest. Wow. Yeah, you want to buy down your rate? I don't recommend you do that. I recommend you do a principal reduction. Okay. That is going to save you way, way, way more money mm-hmm. than your buying down your rate ever would. And I, wow. I, it's the most infuriating thing when I explain this to customers and they're like, no, I'd rather prefer the low interest rate because I want to go brag, <laughs> brag with their buddies. It's like buying a new sports car. Right. So look at, look at me, we <laughs> in the jungle swinging on my tree. Right. <laughs> hey, so, so when you do that, uh, do you have to make a separate payment and make sure I identify it as a principal payment? Not with Guild. You can, on your form that you send back when you make your payment via check mm-hmm. every single month, you can fill in the box mm-hmm. and say, this is what I want to pay additional interest. I mean, in principle. principle. Now, one thing I will mention is 
you the bank is not entitled to receive more interest than what is agreed upon. Right. So let's say your payment is 1500 bucks a month and your interest for that month, because it differs month to month, right. every month right. you pay a little more interest, a little, uh, little more principal, a little less interest. So let's say for that month, your interest is about a thousand bucks and you know, 500 is principal. Right. And if you pay 1700, then you have 700 in principal, still a thousand bucks in interest. Mm. If you pay 2000, it's a thousand bucks in principal and mm. 1000 in, in, in interest you will never pay more interest if you increase your check mm. does that make sense so mm -hmm. you never ever ever actually pay more than what you're supposed Close to, to. Mm -hmm. but it's still a good idea yeah. to identify it as every bank's not like guild yeah <laughs> you know they're not just going to take your money they'll apply it to the principal they'll, or they will or they'll apply it to another payment, payment. and just say it's another payment they might that's yes. what I'm saying. Yeah. They might. Yeah. And so then you might just, and you know, that's funny that you mentioned that because I'm doing the same thing with my car payment. Right. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm, right. I don't want to pay all this interest. So I'm right. going to pay a little bit extra every yeah. single month. month. Yeah. My next payment isn't due before this February one. My next payment wasn't due until April. So I'm three months ahead. Mm. Right. This was in January. I'm three months ahead of my car payment. Right. Nice. So either I could take three months off. Or, or I could just continue speed. and I could save all the money on the interest mm -hmm. and just pay this off early. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Which one do you think I want to do? Right. Because <laughs> right? the, the goal ultimately is to pay it off. To pay less money. Yes. for To exactly. pay, pay less money, money for the money. money. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> pay less money for the money. Yeah. 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 That's a weird term. You pay money for money. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. right. Well, how stupid are we? <laughs> We've invented this great. Imagine the guy who went up to the to the board members and pitched this idea. Right. We are going to make so much money. How are you going to do it? We're going to have people pay money, money. for oh, money. money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Imagine pitching that idea. It's like yeah. pitching some sort of sci-fi movie right. to Netflix, <laughs> and they're like, "This is too crazy. Yeah, exactly. It might actually work." Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Like imagine Marvel when they invented, we're gonna make a guy that where, that carries a hammer that only he can pick up, yeah. and he attracts lightning. <laughs> what do you guys a, think? Yeah, we're gonna make a guy that can shoot webs out of his arm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How about this guy? He can just fly. He can uh, just fly. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what his powers are. Yeah, he's got he's got no physics. No, no yeah. physics. <laughs> Yeah, they're like that. I feel like that was towards the end of the chain when they ran out of ideas. Right, exactly, exactly. Which character you want? I don't know. Anyone who could fly? Okay, cool. Got yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, you know, I screw it. This guy, he, he just, he just does everything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's good. Uh, rent or buy? Ooh, yes. Buy. I'm gonna say that every single time. Really? Okay. Oh yeah. Tell our listeners why. Yeah. Even in this market, so everything we've talked about, it's about putting money in your pocket. So let's say over the next two years, you rent because you're like, man, I'm gonna wait for the market to slow down. Because it's hard to get a place. It's it's this, it's that. People are beating me out. I'm discouraged. Like, who cares? Mm -hmm. You can't always win. You think <laughs> you're going to get a place all the time? Like, come on, man. Right. Try, try again. Mm -hmm. It's not that bad. But mm -hmm. you rent over the next two years. Okay. How much equity have you put in your pocket towards the place that you're renting? Zero. <laughs> That'd be a big zero, mm -hmm. yeah. right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But you buy. Every single payment you make, you're putting a small bit of principal in your pocket. Mm. Every single time you pay. And again, this comes back to what we talked about earlier. Over five years, you've put a ton of money back in your pocket mm -hmm. versus you saved up over the next five years to rent a place while renting to buy a place. Mm. 
So rather than saying, you know, I'm just going to uh, rent and continue to save up for a down payment so I don't have to pay mortgage insurance. Man, you're paying your mortgage insurance by renting right now. Mm. Get yeah. your loan. There's great products out there. People who fall below certain income standards and but still enough money to qualify for a loan have availability to what we call DPA. DPA is down payment assistance. Mm. That gives individuals who don't have savings the opportunity to own a home with wow. absolutely 100% financing. Wow. Just be aware though, interest rates are worse on DPA, mm. okay? Because they're gonna make their nuts somehow. Right. Okay, so basically how they make their money is the extra interest that you pay, they collect off of. Yeah. Okay, and that's how they collect over the next 10 years until you reach your 20% equity. Seven years, eight years-ish. Mm -hmm. That's when you should reach about your 20% equity. And then as the wow. wheel keeps rolling from there, You'll keep earning more equity every single year you pay. Buy, 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 and put money in your own pocket. Yeah. Because here's the beautiful tool. When you eventually get to the end of your renting period, when you turn 65 and you don't have a property in your name and you've put all this money in somebody else's pocket, what are you going to do now? Ooh. You are out of money. You don't have anything to sell. Mm -hmm. And now you need to live off Social Security and a fixed income for the rest of your life. Ooh. Well, I mean, by far uh, in this country, most of people's net worth, if they have a positive net worth, it's in their home. It's in the equity in their home. Yeah. It is a cooking show. And so uh, we want to know, what is it? What are you cooking at home? What are you, what are you making beer. at home? Beer. <laughs> I cook beer. <laughs> Do you, did you bring any of your South African um, dishes to the States or... They're what a little more complicated to make. Besides, yeah. uh, I'm lazy. <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to, no, I'm just kidding. Um, I'm actually, I do meal prep mm. um, because I'm very intentional about what I eat. Yeah. And there's this concept called uh, low-dense calorie foods. Mm. And what that does for you is basically is you eat a lot of food, so you feel satiated, mm -hmm. so you feel full but it doesn't carry a lot of calories. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, with that being said, what do I actually eat? Yeah. <laughs> right, <laughs> yes. right, what do you actually eat? So for breakfast, I eat four egg whites and two regular eggs. There's less calories in egg whites. There's about 70 calories in a regular egg. Mm -hmm. And if you take out the yolk, uh, you're looking at about six grams of protein with the yolk in. Without it, it's about four, mm -hmm. four grams of protein, depending on the egg size, obviously. You right, get bigger right. eggs, smaller egg, blah, blah, blah. It's yeah. all variable. Right. And then there's about, I want to say about 20 calories for egg whites. So wow. I get the same amount of protein in for four for full eggs mm -hmm. with about half of the amount of calories. Wow. Mm -hmm. Mine equals blown. Right. <laughs> and then I eat a half a cup of oatmeal. And that total is about... It's less than 400 calories for breakfast. Mm -hmm. wow. That's a good amount of food. Yeah. That's a good amount of food. Right. Then, uh, usually throughout the day, I like to go lift. Because mm -hmm. okay. I, um, you know, uh, like lifting stuff. Right. <laughs> I went to the gym and stuff. It's fun. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah right. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. drawer has never left you. Yeah. No, no. Yeah, no. You still like to throw, pick things up, throw things around. My name is not Arnold, but I like to. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so then for lunch, what I do is, uh, this is what I've been doing recently. I'll do half a bag of salad mm -hmm. and two chicken drumsticks. Wow. Okay. So then we're looking at about, again, 400, 450 mm -hmm. calories. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Then later for lunch again, 
later lunch later lunch. <laughs> later lunch right i do a pasta called banza pasta and then you know for dinner i'll usually figure that out but some sort of salad along with um again veggies yeah with some sort of protein i usually keep my carbs at night light and there's no reason for me to eat them at night uh, sure and here's the whole concept behind healthy eating everything is a balance mm. too much of anything will kill you too much mm -hmm. food will kill you mm -hmm. too much water not healthy for you right. too much you exercise will you. Yeah. get injured <laughs> sure you know too little food will kill you right. too little water will kill you sure right. no exercise, exercise is unhealthy yeah yeah <laughs> sugar good for you mm -hmm. really fruits good i mean it's not it's got vitamins and everything mm -hmm. i would suggest veggies over fruit and then if you're going to take any sugar in right do it through your fruit right 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 don't do it, the artificial crap right yeah not juice, not no. eat the whole fruit. No, especially right. if you're going to drink juice, squeeze your own orange. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, do that. I mean, that's way more healthy for you because if you put your juice down in your fridge and you got to shake it five minutes before it looks like you can drink it again, <laughs> you probably shouldn't be <laughs> drinking drink that, that juice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about your wife? What do you, do you cook for her also? Or is she yeah. the griller? Is she the cooker? Who's the griller at the house? Um, we do really well about splitting responsibilities. Oh, nice. Oh, um, yeah. So she does more of the cleaning. Mm -hmm. I do more of the cooking stuff. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, do you have any like last minute tips or important things for our listening audience? The most important <laughs> thing to take away from this is it doesn't matter if you go with me for a lender or who you use. Use somebody that is one, honest, two, transparent, and three, will actually take the time to educate you on one of the biggest purchases and investments that you will make in your entire life. If that lender is not willing to give you that sort of time and commitment, do not use them because you are not important enough to them, so they should not be that important to you. Okay. Don't do it. Get so, educated and know what you're doing. Okay. So how do uh, our listeners get in touch with you? And Guild Mortgage. 520-255-2318. That's my cell phone number. All right, Devere. Thank you very much for being on the show, joining us today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to try your barbecue. You <laughs> so I really appreciate it. Yeah. It was great to have you on the show. No, thanks for having me. All right. Take care. Hey, that's a wrap. Thank you for joining us today on Get Your Barbecue On with Ken Alexander. Remember, you can also hear us on anchor.fm. Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and of course on our website, kinshardwoodbbq.com. Thank you and take care. <laughs>